gospel lesson today continues in the Gospel of Matthew, chapter 22, verses 34 to 46. When the Pharisees heard that Jesus had silenced the Sadducees, they gathered together. And one of them, a lawyer, asked him a question to test him. Teacher, which commandment in the law is the greatest? He said to him, You shall love the Lord your God with all your heart and with all your soul and with all your mind. This is the greatest and first commandment. And a second is like it. You shall love your neighbor as yourself. On these two commandments hang all the law and the prophets. Now while the Pharisees were gathered together, Jesus asked them this question. What do you think of the Messiah? Whose son is he? They said to him, the son of David. He said to them, how is it then that David by the spirit calls him Lord saying, the Lord said to my Lord, sit at my right hand until I put your enemies under your feet. If David thus calls him Lord, how can he be his son? No one was able to give him an answer, nor from that day did anyone dare to ask him any more questions. This is the word of the Lord. Thanks be to God. Is it an easy question to answer or is it hard? How then shall we live? What is the greatest commandment? There are some 166 laws. Which ones should we obey first and make sure we follow? Jesus was the first to pair these two. You shall love the Lord your God with all your heart and with all your soul and with all your mind. This is the greatest and first commandment and a second is like it. You shall love your neighbor as yourself. Now both of these commandments were written in the law. One shows up, the first one shows up in the Ten Commandments, the first and greatest commandment, the Shema, as we refer to it, Hebrew meaning to hear. The second shows up in Leviticus. So both are in the law already, but Jesus is the first to pair the two. He doesn't come up with them on his own. They are from his history and his knowledge of the law as a Jew, but he pairs the two together. And they are not hierarchical. They are all tied together. To love God is to love neighbor, is to love self, is to love neighbor, is to love God. We can't love the Lord without loving our neighbor. We can't love our neighbor without loving the one who made our neighbor. And it follows that we love ourselves in the same manner that we love each other. In fact, we have nothing to love with if we don't first love ourselves and fill up our vessel. And from our vessel, we can 
feed the hungry and shelter the homeless and give clothing to the naked and visit the prisoners in jail. It is from our abundance of God-given grace and love that we can love one another, reach out to one another, and do something to make the world better. The second part of our scripture, to me, is a little more cumbersome. When I wrote the sermon title, It's Not That Complicated, I was referring to the first and second commandments. But it gets a little more complicated in the second portion. The Pharisees and the Sadducees had been arguing. One group is trying to silence the other group. But both groups are trying to catch Jesus in heresy. They want him to proverbially fall on his own sword. And just a week after this text, Jesus will indeed hang on a cross. Jesus has preached and teached and taught, taught, preached and taught for a long time. He's ministered to, he's healed. He's talked about where he's going and nobody much wants to listen. He's had his triumphal march into Jerusalem on the donkey on what we call Palm Sunday And he's got less than a week left to live on this earth. And the Pharisees and Sadducees want to catch him in heresy. So they get together and they start wondering about Jesus' identity. Jesus asked the Pharisees this question, What do you think of the Messiah? Whose son is he? And they said to him, the son of David. Jesus said to them, how is it then that David, by the spirit, calls him Lord, saying, the Lord said to my Lord, sit at my right hand until I put your enemies under your feet. If David thus calls him Lord, how can he be his son? And no one was able to answer him. And they quit asking questions. If we take a minute to follow this trajectory, trajectory, we realize that they're questioning Jesus' heritage. Jesus is the son of David from the root of Jesse, remember? So it is from that human lineage that Jesus comes. But then if that's true, how come he calls God Father? And the quote in here is from Psalm 110. The quote where we read, The Lord said to my Lord, sit at my right hand. So if David is talking to the Lord, then surely that Lord can't be his son. Perhaps this is about humanity and divinity. Yes, Jesus is from the lineage of Jesse, the root of David. But he's also the Father's son. The Father who art in heaven, hallowed be thy name, son. He is one with the Father. 
So yes, he's human. Yes, he's divine. And they get a little tripped up. This is nothing new. We have been tripped up for a long time when it comes to doctrine. But what matters here is the four-letter word, love. Love. It all circles back to love. And not just any kind of love. What the scripture calls us to is a deep love. A deep love that gets into the sinews, the cells, the chromosomes. It gets into our feet and our hands and our heads. It starts deep within because Jesus has planted the first love seed. From the very beginning, from creation, the word spoke. The word spoke life into creation and we were born. Ever since then, love has been planted like a seed in dirt in our hearts. And it is from that deep seed that all else springs forth. Do you perceive it? God is making all things new. It is that kind of love that changes our world. That makes our world safer. That calls missionaries to go. That calls us to minister to the least, the little, the lost, the lonely, the locked out. It is that deep love that is in the commandments. Love the Lord your God with all your heart and all your soul and all your mind. And the New Testament authors add all your strength. Everything that you have, use that to love the Lord, your God, to love your neighbor, and to love yourself. That part is not so complicated. And then when it comes to Jesus being questioned about who he is and who Sonny is and what he came to do and why he came to do it, that's where we have faith. That's where the faith kicks in that there is nothing we can do that will separate us from the love of God in Christ Jesus. We operate from that deep interior and bloom and blossom into the people we have been called to be by God. This does not mean that we are called to be perfect. We cannot be perfect. We're going to have missteps and misdeeds. We're going to make poor decisions. That's not what love means. Love means doing our best with what we have when we have it. Love is a four-letter word. 
that means God is active and that the church is called to respond. Perhaps during the Reformation times when there was much angst about what this means and what that means and how the church had interpreted it for all these years and how love wasn't being shown and how laity didn't have what they needed in their hands and they couldn't understand what happened in church. Perhaps if they had reached a little bit deeper for the love made manifest in Jesus Christ, the whole thing could have been resolved a little more easily. Perhaps when we wrangle about polity or about who's on first and who's on second and why is it the air conditioner set at a different temperature and, and on and on, that perhaps if we can inject a little more love, the whole thing could go more easily. Perhaps in our world in this election year, if we could have a little more love around the table and in the boardroom and in the classroom, and in the media, and in those of us who read the media and perpetuate it, perhaps if we could reach down and have a little more love and draw a little more deeply from the beautiful vessel that God has created in us and fills us as we read scripture and as we look at nature and as we see one another in a unique way, which is everyone is a child of God and everyone is a gift from God, then perhaps everything could be more peaceful. This is our prayer, and this is our calling. As one body of Christ, as part of a much greater body of Christ, as Dorothy reminds us, when we take communion and we realize Christians all over the world are taking communion. When we worship and we realize, when we turn on the radio like I did this morning, and I think it was Preston Hollow Presbyterian Church I was hearing on 101.1, and then I came here and turned on the radio and heard another service that we are called to be as one, to love as one, to live as one. That's what it means to follow the commandments. To love God is to love neighbor. To love neighbor is to love ourselves, to forgive ourselves, to reach deeply within, not surface. I'm not talking about sticky note kind of love. I'm not talking about surface kind of like or toleration, tolerance. I'm talking about deep-seated, feet on the floor, centered in the word, acceptance, and love, and letting people be who they are without our judgment. One of my favorite authors is William Martin. I also have a son and a brother-in-law named William Martin. This is not he. William Martin is a great poet. And he says this about perfection. 
If you try to always do it right, you will be forever frustrated. I'm going to say that again. If you try to always do it right, you will be forever frustrated. Your mind is divided and judges yourself and others continually. You must step aside from your own mind. You must not worry about perfection. Only God is perfect. Stop trying to do it the way others insist is right. God lives within you. Live there yourself and God will do your doing for you. It will be a perfectly effortless doing. Hear this and hear it well. There is nothing wrong with you. Until you can truly believe that, you will continue to try to do it right and you will continue to fail. This is the great paradox of our faith. When I quit trying to be perfect, God perfects his love within me. Don't dismiss this and don't try to rationally figure it out. Meditate upon it for a few months and see. When I quit trying to be perfect, God perfects his love within me. May it always be so. In the name of the Father and the Son and the Holy Spirit. Amen. Please stand as you are able while together we say what we believe using the Apostles' Creed. I believe in God, the Father Almighty, creator of heaven and earth. I believe in Jesus Christ, God's only Son, our Lord, who was conceived by the Holy Spirit, born of the Virgin Mary, suffered under Pontius Pilate, was crucified, died, and was buried. He descended to the dead. On the third day, he rose again. He ascended into heaven. He is seated at the right hand of the Father, and he will come to judge the living and the dead. I believe in the Holy Spirit, the Holy Catholic Church, the communion of saints, the forgiveness of sins, the resurrection of the body, and the life everlasting. Amen.